Hello, good morning, and welcome to another episode of Thought Architecture. My name is Justin, and I'm your host. As we dive into the greater mechanisms of the mind, how we construct our thinking, and what can we do to change it, to remedy it, or to find any issues in the mechanics, you know, the spanner in the works, as it were. So in this episode, what I'd like to go through is gratitude. This is actually an episode that I wrote for um, Thanksgiving last year. Uh, there's, There's a couple of reasons why. So without further ado, let's just get into it. Okay, but in this episode, what I'd like to do is I'd like to critique the current understanding of gratitude and going into actually the perception of how humans work in, in my opinion, and as a result, how do we best exercise gratitude in our lives that is very successful. Okay, so first things first, going into a definition of gratitude is actually quite difficult because uh, as I'm sure you're aware of, as I'm aware of, like in the spiritual industry, everyone expresses gratitude as something different, okay? So gratitude, a noun, the quality of being thankful or the readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness, okay? So that's quite a good one. The one that I typically hear is gratitude being similar to being grateful and for me, this is a major issue. This is a big, big, big issue because the idea of being grateful is is usually, it's not necessarily that it's defined like this, but it's used like you should be grateful for. And as soon as we got that word should, it's the idea of like, well, most people aren't, but there's an obligation to feel gratitude for these things. And that's what I have a problem with. Like, oh, you should be grateful for the roof of your head. Most of us, when we're in difficult times, we don't think about the roof over our head. So yes, there is a perspective mechanism that we can exercise, but is this a very successful uh, mechanism? Like how much when you have been in a difficult situation and people say, well, you know, just just exercise gratitude and that'll help. And you're like, well, I'm grateful that I'm alive. Well, are you? I don't know. Like for a lot of people, they're not. They're not thinking, oh, well, at least I'm alive. You know, most people don't think like that. They don't think about, and this is the problem with it. It's a reductionist perspective. It's minimizing a lot of what you're experiencing down to just, well, you're breathing, so be happy. Be happy that you're just breathing. Like, fuck off. Stop telling me what I should be feeling. Like, I know I'm breathing, but I'm experiencing problems at the moment. You can't just tell me, just think about the fact that you're breathing and you'll be okay. Like, no, that's, that's, that's not helpful. So I have a huge problem with people actually defining uh, gratitude in this way majorly because as a large part it's not very helpful so let's take that to a certain level and let's talk about perspective okay usually perspective comes when things are shaken to the nth degree assumptions are you know largely shaken okay so for example when someone has a serious sudden negative event let's say someone's hit by a car thankfully they survive but they're hit by a car it makes us like really think i have not been appreciating this person i need to spend more time with this person so it does have the effect of shaking us out of our daily routine or let's say our default mode you know our automated non-deliberate kind of thinking where we're just getting through our daily grind our daily grind our daily grind So we can actually do something where we stop, let's say once a month or once a quarter, once a year. 
have a day where we're just going to participate in an activity where we say, what do we want to interact with more? And this was probably the best definition of gratitude uh, in this way that I found, which is, what do I want more of in my life? Do I enjoy these people in my life? What do I want more of? What type of interactions have they given me previously that I want more of? Um, What kind of foods, what kind of animals, what kind of activities, what kind of whatever have I interacted with that I would just like to invite more of into my life? And therefore, you start planning around this. You start talking to people and showing them more appreciation, um, enjoying conversations with them as well. So this type of gratitude, if we can kind of clump it together, I would say that very much, I've talked about this before, Dr. Uh, Barbara Fredrickson's um, Broaden and Build Theory, huge, huge, huge believer. Huge believer in these these four different things. So let's mention them now, just in case you're not familiar. And if in case you are, let me remind you, number one is play, right? Play. And so you should literally try to play as often as you can, which is a game without any defined results being needed for you to feel pleasure, okay? Try to lose yourself in play, number one. Number two, curiosity. And so you lose yourself in exploring something because you're like, huh, I wonder, hmm, that sounds interesting, all right? Number three is where it really ties in with gratitude, is savoring. So I want you to imagine that you get given a taste of something, put it in your mouth, and mmm, that, mmm, that is delicious. I really love the texture. Mmm, oh, the aftertaste. There's this great aftertaste to it. Mmm, yes. I want you to think about this type of gratitude as savoring as well. That is a big deal. When we want to invite more of something into our life, it's good to pay attention to it and savor it. And so whenever people talk about gratitude and being in the moment, for me, it's, well, it's hitting Barbara Fredrickson's kind of note of savoring. How can I savor more of this? And it's just a simple matter of an activity. So try this. Try this the next time that you're you're feeling caught up, you're feeling a little bit frustrated, is stop and think about your life and think about the things that you really enjoy about your life. Like, what do you savor? Um, and think about the things that you really enjoy, okay, as a remedy to feeling caught up, stressed out, etc. Oh, you know what I really enjoy is I really enjoy Saturday nights cuddling on the couch watching Netflix with my, you know, my significant other. I really enjoy cooking and seeing their their smile. And this is a true story for me. So like as a as a result now, what I'm doing is I'm letting my wife choose a meal, uh, a special dish, and once a month I'm cooking that dish for her. And uh, the previous one was a chicken and mushroom pie because I wanted to experience a savory pie, like a traditional British one. She wasn't so interested in steak and kidney. She doesn't like offal. Um, so kidney was out. And steak and ale pie, I was like, uh, maybe, you know, maybe cooking with something like that. I'm thinking maybe actually of doing like a steak and Guinness type of thing next time, like a darker pie. But anyway, needless to say, she loved it. And so the idea is more along the lines of noticing her response and her appreciation. It's not just her appreciation of the food, but her appreciation of my efforts. I put in effort and as a result, she came back and she was like, I love that you cook for me. And I'm like, oh, that feeling of being appreciated. Yes, I want more of that. And so how do I get more of that? Instead of trying to prompt it out of her, it's more like, what can I do for her that she's going to appreciate? What does she want me to do? What does she notice? And so asking her, like, what do you notice that I do that you really love? Oh, I love it when you cook for me, cooking something special for me. I'm like, cool, 
Let's do more of that. Well, what would you like me to cook for you next? Okay. And putting time and effort and energy into these types of things so that I can savor more of that. I can say that the most meaningful things in my life have been things like that. Okay. And that's allowed me to appreciate more when I put in effort to people and noticing what people are signaling appreciation for. And then being able to feed that and create deeper, more meaningful relationships with them. So that's been a great, great thing. So tying this back with, you know, the the four things that we need to do for more fulfillment. We've talked about play, explore, savor. And the last one is share. And this is a big deal. And this comes back to being co-created social animals. Okay, humans, you know, it's no surprise, surprise, surprise. I think that we're social beings. A lot of the science backs me up on this. There's a social brain theory. You know, you can check it out. One of my favorite books on this is The Social Brain by Professor Richard Crisp. Um, And he is a professor of sociology, I think it is, from the university somewhere near Bath. It's the southwest of England. Love this guy's stuff. It's great. Fantastic. Can't praise that book highly enough for layering the information out in a certain way. And I love it. I think it's fantastic. Now, the main thing is that we are wired to be social animals above everything else. And a lot of our cognitive biases, the way that we lose our individuality, actually comes in with the need to be part of a group. And so when it comes to gratitude, actually gratitude practices that, that have to do with a group are far more impactful. So I just gave you the gratitude and the savoring practice and how I look for it in other people, that appreciation of me. And I'm like, oh, they're expressing gratitude for me and enjoying what I've got to give. And as a result, I can give more of it as well because I enjoy giving people what they enjoy. So there is this relationship with gratitude with other people, not just like, oh, there's a roof over my head. Okay. So that's a big deal. And so it's this idea of point number one, being part of a group and and linking your appreciation and your gratitude practice to group activities. Okay, so let me let me give you very simply put the idea that's coming up here. I was part of a group called the Avengers where they were just traveling buddies. And every now and again, you do an exercise. The exercise, we called it uh, peppering, where... You are sitting in the center of a group and everybody says what they appreciate about you. Okay, very quickly, short 20-second bursts of like, I love that you do blah, 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 blah. Okay, and I feel like this is a very good thing because it shows, even with strangers, you can do this with strangers and they'll be like, oh, you know what I love? I love your nose. You, you know, visually, what, what do they appreciate about you? And people giving you their perspective shifts your perspective of yourself as well. It's a very helpful thing for people who are unhealthily in their heads too much. It's very good with aligning outside perspective with your internal perspective. Because the idea is that the more you can align this, the happier you're going to be. Because you're going to realize how you come off to other people. And instead of fighting other people's impressions of you, you can actually just move with it. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you're a big guy who can't speak English without an accent. Like, who's going to want to hire you as an actor? Well, that's exactly what he did. He's like, well, let me go for the roles where people expect a big guy with a strong accent. You know, that's what he did. And he made a ton of money in that regard. And losing his accent would have been terrible fate. Losing his size would have been a terrible fate for him. And he became one of the quintessential action heroes as a result of just leaning into that public 
let's say, gravitas, you know, the public uh, perception, all right? And him identifying as it as well by, by owning that and saying, well, I am this. So yeah, sure, why not? So me saying like, well, I wanted to be a 200 kilogram, like, you know, brick um, poop house. Well, why? Well, because I thought that that's what powerful was and I wanted to feel powerful. And instead, listening to what others perceive me to be, oh, well, you're a smart guy. Cool. Well, you know, I could be the smart guy because that's also powerful as well. So it's a good way to kind of readjust yourself. So the peppering sessions are great for this and hearing what others appreciate about you. And there's been some interesting studies done as well to show that when you receive gratitude from other people, instead of me expressing gratitude, me listening to people and what they value in me makes me feel a hell of a lot better. So your gratitude practice being a solo journaling exercise, oh, I'm grateful for the stars in the sky, like fuck off. Why don't you go to some people and get gratitude from them? What do you appreciate about me? What is it that I, who I am and what I do that you like? What are the things that you find delicious about how I interact with the world? And just listening to that. And if there's nothing, if there's nothing, if there's a person in front of you who can't think of a damn thing, change up your people around you, okay? So it's a lot easier to do with people who are known for this type of thing, who have expressed this type of thing before. And so I highly recommend it as well. There is also this idea of you giving gratitude and not expressing anything else, any, any kind of like invitation for them to express gratitude back to you. The more you express gratitude to people, this is what the study was about, the more likely they are to feel like they should return the favor and express gratitude towards you. And even if they don't in that moment, they're still going to be searching for ways to then repay the, the kindness and so it's literally the idea of gratitude and the definition that we talked about to return kindness. So gratitude, the best practice for gratitude is literally showing kindness uh, in our words and in our actions to others. And as a result, they tend to feel gratitude towards you uh, to repay kindness. And I think that that's a big, big deal. So receiving gratitude all right, from others. Now, let's level it up and let's talk about the next step of gratitude is actually receiving gratitude in the midst of a group, okay? So let's say my wife expressing gratitude and appreciation for me and the kindness that I show her and the things that I do for her, but in amongst a group of people. Now, all of a sudden, that gratitude is exponentially loaded. And so this idea of recognition, um, there's an organizational management um, style called total quality management and I've bastardized some of their, their stuff and I love it and I added one of the things that I found very important on top for teamwork is the idea of recognition recognizing when people are putting in effort and also beautifully crafted efforts and also results you know so just recognition how many people have experienced this? How many of you have experienced this when you've been working in a team or working for a boss or something like that and you, you want them to recognize your effort and they don't? Oh my gosh, you feel crushed and you almost feel like you want to quit right there because like, well, if I'm not putting in a ton of effort, like, fuck it, what, what am I doing here? Fuck it. Why should I do anything? Um, but how many of you have felt so elevated, like, you know, the juice was worth the squeeze because you got to the end and you got praised in front of other people and you're like, oh my gosh, that feels so good. That feels fantastic. Thank you so much. I appreciate that so much. You don't need to brag about it. You can be very humble about it. 
But the point is, is that, you know, number one, your gratitude practice is your kindness to others. And then usually they verbalize it or they take an action to then repay kindness. And let's imagine that that's done in a group of people. Oh my gosh, how wonderful does that feel? So the idea about recognition and adding in group recognition, group appreciation, big deal, big deal. And so utilizing this to your best efforts, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about doing kindness to others or speaking kindness to others. Okay, actions and words of kindness to others, service to others when you are in a public place or when you are in a group setting. Say something wonderful about your partner that you know that they'll appreciate, that everybody can hear. is a great way to leverage, leverage kindness. Now, once again, please, with the intention of making that person feel even better, not making yourself feel better, investing your energy in other people, creating value for other people is usually where we find a lot of value and meaning as well. So your intent behind that should be to make them smile and make everyone else recognize how amazing that person is, not in making yourself feel better. You feeling better should be the smile on their face. Finished. Done. You don't need gratitude for that. You've already got what you wanted out of it. You've made that person feel better about themselves. That. The investments and the service in others is where that true gratitude can kick in for yourself because you can be proud of yourself and be like, you know what, I helped that person feel a little bit better today and that makes me feel good about myself. Voila. Okay. The last thing to talk about is the idea of the levels of how we can take this. So I want you to think about this in three different steps. Step number one is just Levels of gratitude for things that just appear in your environment, okay? So um, you're looking around and your partner, you know, is there. So great, you know, just having a partner there. You know, if, if you express gratitude for that partner just being there, like I love the fact that you're just in my life, that's not a very high level of appreciation or gratitude. Are they going to smile as much? Maybe not, maybe not. So, you know, things that just are, not a very strong or uh, let's call it a strong lever, okay? So number two is then going to be something that anyone could do. The, I call it the anyone lever. Anyone could do, but that person did it, okay? So for example, washing the dishes. Anyone could have done that, but you are the person who did it. And so they appreciate you doing this thing that anyone could have done, all right? That is a big deal. Already we're moving away and we're distinguishing ourselves as the person who did actually do that thing. Okay, so doing that kindness to others. I find that that's a great way to go through things. Then the third one is going to be the skilled, unique you. All right, so what is something that you can do that others can't? All right, um, now two layers to this. Number one is going to be your relationship to others. So for example, I am a son. I am one of two for my mother. So me exp doing something is much more meaningful straight away just because I have that relation to that person, right? It's got nothing to do with my skills. It's got to do with my relation to that person. So straight away, it's more meaningful because of my relation to that person. But the one that is usually the most meaningful, especially when we talk about appreciation and gratitude, is going to be what have you developed a skill for that only you in your present environment, current company, have this skill, this developed skill for, okay? So, 
for example, my wife has got two master's degrees in human nutrition. She is incredibly knowledgeable about the human body, how it interacts with food and what happens in the body. So when she gives her of her time to help another person with their food issues, their gut health, etc., they are incredibly appreciative because there's no one else in our current circle that could have helped them in that way. So that, that feeling of I am valuable to the tribe for my unique specific skill set that I have cultivated, that is a big deal. And this is where we come back to this idea of you can't pour from an empty cup. Spend time developing your skill set to be valuable to others, to give others help that no one else could give. All right. And people will express gratitude specifically for that. And so it doesn't matter if you've got that skill set around food. It doesn't matter if you've got that skill set just around kindness or around fixing, you know, broken things or whatever. It doesn't matter what it's around. You know, it's just like people go to you for that particular thing. Even if that's that particular thing is seeing the light in dark situations. You know, it doesn't have to be anything you need to go to university for, without a doubt. And people will appreciate it. So that's the thought behind today's episode. It's this idea of gratitude. Throw away this concept that self-help gurus talk about where they say like, oh, you should be grateful for the sun, the moon, the roof of your head, the food in your belly. And let's think about gratitude more leveraged around the social animal that you are and about kindness and gratitude practice and feeling good about yourself Feeling good about your situation is about investing time and energy in others and seeing them smile, okay, makes you feel better straight away, right? That's gratitude practice number one. But then doing it and leveraging the power of groups, leveraging the power of the our genetic coding to be a social animal and how that functions, okay? So there's a couple of exercises that I've mentioned, you know, in groups, talking about how much we appreciate people or how much they mean to us. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. And if you are in a situation where you are trying to activate that gratitude energy, quote unquote, where you're like, well, you know, I'm just in a bad situation. I need to look around me to to find the good things in life. May I recommend that you look in a bad situation for opportunities to develop your skills? Because ultimately, I think that it's not a gratitude practice, but that'll get you out of the feeling bad about yourself mindset. Right, Looking around at yourself and thinking, I'm in this terrible situation. Oh my gosh, but I don't want to feel like I'm in a terrible situation. So what can I do? Well, silver lining, silver lining. Well, at least I've got a roof. Over. No, don't minimize it. I'm in a terrible situation now. What skills does the situation call me to develop that will then mean I'm never in the situation again? So it's not related necessarily to gratitude. And I'm going to do another episode on it, but it's about seeing opportunities. Okay. So stay tuned if you want that episode. If not, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this episode on gratitude. Maybe you can implore some. I am grateful. I really enjoy making these podcasts and just getting a message from like my mom and my friends like, hey, that was a great episode. And that'll keep me doing a lot more. So I appreciate you. I appreciate all of you. This is the end of the episode. I've been Justin. This has been Thought Architecture and I will see you in the next one.